Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, welcome to No Limits. So glad that you're here at church. Or if you're joining us online, just want to say, hey, glad you're joining us online. If you're new here, we're really glad you're with us today. We're celebrating our 12-year anniversary as a church. Yeah, 12 years. We believe 2020 is the year of wholeness, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here at No Limits Church alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom and discover a purpose. In other words, we want to help them live the life that God created them to live. But it's a journey. I don't know if you found that out already, and you need people. You need your church family along that journey. So that's why we meet together every Sunday. That's why we hang out in our small groups throughout the week. And the goal we're reaching for is actually found in Ephesians 3.20, which says, all glory to God, because he's able through his mighty power working in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So that's what we're after. That's why we're called No Limits Church. So go ahead and look at whoever you're with right now and say, it's time to take limits off. Today's the day. Well, when God revealed that this is going to be the year of wholeness for our church, a pandemic is not what I pictured. Like that is not what I had in mind. I, I kind of like envisioned a more peaceful year where we could all just kind of like hang out together and experience wholeness together. But it turns out I really didn't understand the path to wholeness. Let me show you what I mean, and it's found in James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. All right, who wrote this? I mean, seriously, you're telling me that I should consider COVID an opportunity for great joy? Maybe we just need to stop right there, because we can all take this home and chew on it for a little while and maybe apply it to our lives, right? But it keeps going. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Oh, now, now it kind of makes sense, right? When our faith is tested, we actually grow and become stronger in our faith. And it's just like working out, right? You got to put strain on your muscles to get bigger muscles. So let it grow. Let your faith grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In other words, you're going to be whole. So in order to experience wholeness, your faith has to be tested. And when we let our Faith grow, it leads us into wholeness. So that's the path. And I mean, that's good news to me because for a few weeks there, I was worried that you guys might have thought I was crazy for prophesying the year of wholeness because a pandemic probably is not what you had in mind for a year of wholeness either. But now we have the answer. Let me clarify something though. God didn't bring the pandemic so that we would have a chance to experience wholeness, (laughs) but he's going to use this to lead us into wholeness. So come on, let's praise God for using what the enemy meant for evil and turning it for good. Give God a shout of praise for that. He's going to use it for good. He is. And God wants us to experience wholeness, not just here at church, but in every aspect of our lives. So what does it look like to experience wholeness everywhere? Well, here's the first thing. Got to experience wholeness in your personal life. And if you got your message notes, this is where you start filling in those blanks. But here's the deal. If the church was doing good, but you weren't, it really wouldn't do you a whole lot of good, would it? So first things first, God's got to get you whole on a personal level. Take a look at this. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. 
So God doesn't just care about your spirit. He also cares about your soul and your body. How many of you knew that you were more than just a body? You were probably aware of that, but did you know there's a difference between your soul and your spirit? That's interesting. So God is also made up of three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And and this three-part structure echoes throughout all of his creation. So if you remember back to high school science class, the atom has protons, neutrons, and electrons. Matter is either solid, liquid, or gas. Space is measured by length, width, and height. And time is either what? Past, present, or future. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So you have three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And you understand what your body is because it gripes at you every day. It wants to be fed. It wants to be taken care of. But how is your soul different from your spirit? Well, your spirit is the core of your being. It's your inmost part. This is the part of you that's made brand new whenever you give your life to Jesus. When it says you've been born again, that's your spirit that was born again. It's the part of you that's joined with God. And the spirit is where your conscience lives. You know, that thing that, if we're honest, gets on our nerves sometimes because it's like, hey, don't eat that or don't drink that or let's keep our sexual desires in check. You know, that's going on on the inside of you. And your spirit is also where intuition lives. We like to call it a feeling. It's like when you can discern that somebody's lying to you. Or like when you can sense the spirit of God here during a service. But your soul, on the other hand, is kind of like the bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world. It stands between your, your spirit and your body. It's kind of like a filter. And that's why when somebody gets born again, it can take the rest of us a little bit of time to see what happened. Because they got to clean the filter first, right? So your soul is where you do all your thinking. It's where you feel all your emotions. It's where you make all of your decisions. That's the soul. So just think of all those times. Let me just put it all together for you here. So think of those times that something on the inside of you, your spirit, told you to stop eating. And you decide to keep eating in your soul because that's where decisions are made. And then your body feels the consequences of that. There's all three parts working together right there or not working together. So your spirit tried to help you, but your soul, where decisions are made, it did not cooperate with your spirit. Okay, it's just me. Anybody want to fess up today? Your body thought that it wanted to keep eating, but that's only because the body is dumb. The body only follows what the soul tells it to do. This reminds me of when Beth and I first got married. It was two months after high school. We were, you know, thin high schoolers in our best shape ever. We got married and nestled into our home. We got comfortable and we got kind of fluffy. The main problem was we were eating more and moving a whole lot less. We decided to, when we decided to get the weight off, our bodies did not appreciate the smaller portions at all. They were just screaming at us, right? Like, I'm starving here. But wouldn't you know it, our bodies eventually got used to the smaller portions, and it turns out our bodies did not need the larger portions to begin with. It was fully satisfied on the smaller portions. So the body just follows the soul around like a little sibling. Whatever you do, I do. It just takes a little bit of time for it to catch up whenever you decide to change direction is all. So I wanted to explain that to you so we can all understand that God wants us to experience wholeness in every part of our being, all three parts. He wants our bodies to be whole and well. Can I get an amen on that? He wants our emotions, our thinking, our decisions to be whole. And he already made our spirits whole when we said yes to Jesus. That's good news. So we have to experience wholeness on a personal level first. Three parts of our being, spirit, soul, and body. And here's what's next. Wholeness in my relationships. If you were fit, healthy, and had the biggest muscles around, that's obviously not me. 
If you lived in your dream house, you drove a sweet car, and you had enough money to do anything that you wanted. If you had it all, but your relationships were falling apart, would you have anything? We even talked about this last week, how relationships are a key ingredient for you to walk in healing. I don't know about you, but that was a revelation for me, because I used to kind of think that healing was a matter of faith alone. But God uses relationships combined with faith to lead us to healing. And relationships are also how we, how we live in freedom from our hangups, our past, our mistakes. Because you have to have people in your corner who are going to lift you up and pull you out whenever you're falling off the deep end. you got to have those people in your life. And we've only begun to understand how important relationships are with other believers in our walk with God. And that's why we're given this instruction in Ephesians 4.3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, building your, binding yourselves together with peace. Oh man, you mean it's going to take effort to build these relationships? You know it. But the effort pays off big time. So let me encourage you to put in the effort of building relationships this coming small group semester, which actually starts a week from today. And we're opening up signups today so that you can browse the group and pick the one that works for you. And let me tell you this. If you can't find one that works with your semester this season, maybe adjust your schedule to make small groups work because it's that important. And most of you have been in a small group before, but I think now is the time. Like, we're ready to just go all in in our small groups. Show up to every meeting. There's only six of them this time. Can we commit to six meetings? And when you're there, don't sit quietly in the corner, but engage with each other in the group. Get uncomfortable and talk about things that you don't want to talk about. Make every effort to build these relationships. Let me put it to you this way. There's something that's required to experience wholeness in relationships, and none of us likes it. It works for any relationship, though, whether it's with your spouse, your kids, your parents, or your small group members. And here it is. Wholeness in relationships requires transparency. You can't put on a mask. We all like to show our highlight reels on social media and talk about the good things that are happening in our life. But how about getting open about the depression that you're dealing with? How about being yourself instead of who somebody else expects you to be? How about getting open about your struggle to overcome pornography addiction? How about it? It's going to take some real relationships for that to happen, don't you guys think? And it starts by joining a small group, and then you make every effort to show up to your small group, and then you start to open up about some things with your small group. And before you know it, your small group is going to be leading you to freedom. That's how it works. And it's time, y'all. We can either keep putting putting this off and delay the year of wholeness, or we can just dig in and give small groups all we got, which leads us to this wholeness in my church. So we actually can't experience wholeness here at church until we all begin to experience wholeness on a personal level and wholeness in our relationships. Let me show you why. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So if your foot's broken, is your body experiencing wholeness? If your pancreas stops producing insulin, or if you're deaf in one ear, or if you can't see without your glasses, is your body experiencing wholeness? You know, thanks to modern medicine and innovation, you can still function with all of these ailments. But what happens whenever your crutches break or you run out of insulin or your glasses break? You in trouble. So it is with the body of Christ. If one of us isn't whole, we have to find some way to fix what's missing. And it will never be as good as having a whole version of you in that place in the body of Christ. Together, we make up the body of Christ. This isn't just Kate and Beth. This is No Limits Church. You zoom out even more, and this isn't just No Limits Church. This is the worldwide church, the body of Christ. We have a specific function here at No Limits, and we need you to be you, nobody else. 
God created you with the gifts and the passions you have because you are a part of the body of Christ. And No Limits has a specific function in the church as a whole. We don't have to do what every other church is doing. We have to do what God has called us to do while we cooperate with the other churches and ministries that are around us because we're doing this together. So now you can see how personal wholeness leads to relational wholeness, which leads to wholeness in our church, which leads to wholeness in the body of Christ. It all works together. So now the question is, how do we experience all of this wholeness? Tell me how. And I'm glad y'all are are curious to know the practical steps that we can take to experience wholeness, because I'm going to give you five of them. And you actually find all five of them in the same chapter in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And here's the first one. We got to maintain peace with others. You probably noticed over the past two months that this is not a natural human response. We would rather disturb the peace by posting about our opinion on masks or social distancing or vaccines. But if we want to experience wholeness, we got to choose a different path. Show your spiritual leaders great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Isn't it interesting that right now pastors all over the world are being disrespected for calling people to faith instead of fear? You know, and hope instead of worry, love instead of slander. And I'm thankful that no one here is doing this. You guys have been awesome. But I want you to remember that regardless of if you agree or not with how a spiritual leader or one of your leaders is handling the pandemic, you can still show them honor and respect. And the second part of this verse is something we can all probably work on, live peacefully with each other. So when we don't agree, choose peace and agree to disagree and keep your relationship intact. When they hurt your feelings, believe the best. They probably didn't mean to. Or hey, if they intentionally meant to hurt you and you know that they did, the Bible gives us instruction for that too. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. This is a scripture that we just need to broadcast to America right now, right? Yes, evil was done in the racism and, and everything that happened with that. And it's not right. But you don't repay evil with evil. It will never work. We can't repay evil with evil. How, how, do we, how do we respond to what's going on in our world? Well, we're always good to each other and to all people. That's, that's what you need to do. Here's the deal. You can't control what other, people can do, what other people do, but you can control you. So always do good to all people, regardless of if they deserve it or not. That's how you maintain peace with others. And here's the next one. Choose joy. Anybody seen that before? We've talked about it many times. When you look at Christians as a whole, they seem to be a little kind of like down in the dumps. They're not really enjoying life, and some believe that a lame life is even God's intention for us as Christians. It seems like an honorable thing to do, to give up all the joys in life, to live this solemn, reserved life for the Lord, but it doesn't line up with Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, always be joyful. How often? Always. Always. And here's another one. Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hmm, This is kind of like unraveling how some Christians live their life. If you thought that living your life for God was supposed to be solemn and quiet, let me show you one more scripture. So you know that I'm not pulling these out of context. They're all over the place. Here's another one. Philippians 4.4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. So come on, y'all. Let's choose joy. Burn the book that you've been writing with your sad, depressing story. Burn it up and choose. Open up a new book filled with joy. Not because everything's going right, but because you made a choice. I chose joy. And I'll tell you this. Joy is a required ingredient if you want to experience wholeness. You can't experience wholeness without it. But it doesn't come by accident. You've got to choose joy regardless of what's going on in your life. When you lose your job, 
Choose joy. When you wreck your car, choose joy. When your kids get on your nerves, choose joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So maintain peace with others, choose joy. And here's the next one. Never stop praying. All right, now I'm intimidated. Like, because I think I can maintain peace with others most of the time, and I can even choose joy most of the time. How in the world am I supposed to live my life if I'm praying all the time, though, right? Well, one of the most common misconceptions about prayer is that we think we have to talk the whole time, that we have to get into our prayer closet. Some people don't even try to pray because they know they're going to run out of things to say within about 10 seconds of their prayer. But prayer is not sitting in a quiet room and talking to God nonstop in King James language. That's not prayer. Prayer is any time that you fix your thoughts on God, whether you're saying something or not. You can do this all throughout the day. It's as simple as saying when you get to work, thank you, God, for getting me here safely. Or God, can you help me solve this problem at work? I'm really having a hard time here, and I need your help. Prayer is simply a fancy word to explain our ongoing conversation with God. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't even have to be out loud. Simply give attention to God throughout the day. That's what prayer is supposed to look like. And that's what it means when the scripture says, never stop praying. (laughs) In other words, never disconnect with God. You need him. You can't do this on your own. And when it comes down to it, why would you even try to do this on your own? So to experience wholeness, always keep those communication lines open with God. Never stop praying. And here's the next one. Be thankful in all circumstances. Surely, God does not expect me to be thankful whenever my water heater goes out and floods my master closet. Surely. Surely he doesn't expect me to be thankful when my roof needs to be replaced before its lifespan. Surely. Well, I'm kind of scared to show you this next scripture. I think y'all can handle it. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh man, can you believe this? Like, be thankful in all circumstances, and this is God's will for me? For me? No, that can't be. Or can it? It seems really crazy until you think of it this way. Does being upset about it make it better? Does griping about it make it go away? But what if you chose to be thankful? What if? Let's play out some what ifs here. What if you chose to be thankful? What would that say to those around you? What if the next time your phone breaks, instead of griping about the inconvenience and the cost of fixing it, you just talk about how thankful you are to have a little break from that pocket demon, right? (laughs) What if when your air conditioner goes out, you talk about how thankful you are that there's repairmen out there that are trained to come and fix your air conditioner, and then you get to reward them with money and help provide for their family? That is really cool, isn't it? A good way to look at it. What if we chose to be thankful in all circumstances? You think people would notice? You think our witness for Christ would explode? Because it wouldn't be long before they'd be asking you, where in the heck do I get some of that? That's awesome. And not only would it make a difference in the lives of others, but it would also bring wholeness into your life. At this point, you might be thinking, wow, Cade, you're asking me to do a lot. And and I agree. (laughs) It is a lot. It's all countercultural. It's kind of opposite of what our nature wants to do. But I have some good news for you. You can't do this alone. Okay, that kind of sounds like bad news. But wouldn't you rather humble yourself so that God can come in and fix all the parts that are broken? Wouldn't you rather open yourself up so that God can allow his power to work inside of you and accomplish infinitely more? So that he can give you the power you need to maintain peace with others and choose joy and never stop praying and be thankful in every circumstance. And that's why this last one is so important. We've got to trust God to make it happen. God never intended you to do any of this without him. He gave you this gift called the Holy Spirit. 
to help you, to give you the power you need to accomplish the things that he's asked you to do. And when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, here's the outcome. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. So I want to end today by inviting you to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not weird. It's not even crazy. The Holy Spirit's a gift given to us so that we can live in wholeness and accomplish what God wants us to. So today is the day of Pentecost. Almost 2,000 years ago was the original day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church for the first time. And what this encounter gave them was miraculous power to go about and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And they did that through miracles, through signs, through wonders. But the point of it is it gave them power to lead people to Jesus. That's the whole point of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 4.31, it says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So for the past seven days, we've been meeting together on Facebook Live and praying. And that's been a good time. Thank you to all you that have been joining us. It was kind of last minute thing. So it was a lot of fun though. But now it's the time for God to shake this place. And the whole point of this shaking is so that everything that's on you that doesn't belong on you, the depression, the shame, the guilt, the sin, the habits, all of that, he shakes you so it falls off and it hits the ground. You don't got to walk it out. He's going to miraculously just shake it off your life. That's what the shaking's all about. So I want you to extend your faith with me this morning because I'm going to pray the exact prayer that they prayed in Acts chapter four that led to, a, to this, to all being filled with the Holy Spirit. So just go ahead and close your eyes, extend your faith. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago, ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord, against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. They were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. It's amazing how much that resonates today. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So if you want to receive power from the Holy Spirit, I want you to just stand to your feet right now and just lift your hands and surrender. It doesn't, mean if you, it doesn't matter if you've been filled before. Just stand up and receive a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now. God, we surrender to you. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We need your power to accomplish what you've called us to do. God, I ask you to shake off everything that doesn't belong. Shake it off right now. Shake off disease. Shake off sickness. We're talking about disease and sickness that may have been around for the past 20 years. It's got to go. Shake it off in Jesus' name. Shake off the shame. Shake off the regrets. Shake off the habits that are holding you back. Just shake it off. 
And Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can go forth and preach the word with boldness to our friends and our family and our coworkers, that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but we go forth and we speak our faith with boldness and we lead people into freedom. We lead people into your presence and we give them that gift of eternity with you. You've called us. You set us apart for your glory. We receive that. Thank you, Lord. And this really isn't like just a one-time event. It's not like you get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you go on living life like usual. I believe that the power you receive today from the Holy Spirit is actually gonna do four things for you. First thing is it's gonna enable you to see God's face. It's gonna enable you to connect with God in a way that you've never connected with him before. Even if you've been in ministry and been a Christian for years and years and years, you're gonna see him on a deeper level. And here's the second thing, you're gonna hear God's voice clearly. You're going to hear it. You're going to gain clarity on your purpose because God has given you a specific purpose for the body of Christ. Some of us wonder what that is. But just because we're wondering doesn't mean that it's not there. It's there. And this power is going to give you clarity on that. And then the last thing is going to give you boldness to lead people to Jesus. Amen. Well, you guys can go ahead and sit down. One more thing. Speaking of leading people to Jesus, I got to take a moment right here just to talk to anyone who has not yet given their life to Jesus. You know, today you've heard truth from the Bible that resonated with your spirit. There's probably something on the inside of you that's saying, hey, I, I need that. That's, that's what I've been missing. And I have good news for you. It's actually your choice to step into the kingdom of God. And the key to opening that door is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. Someone had to do it, and he did it. For you, And then he rose back to life so that you could be raised to new life with him. And we're talking about a life that's going to continue through eternity. You're going to spend eternity with God. So if this is you, if you're ready to receive what Jesus did for you and step into the kingdom of God, I just want to lead you in a prayer of faith right now. So if that's you, go ahead. Let's just all go ahead and repeat after me. God, I've made a lot of mistakes. It's pretty clear I can't do this without you. So I put my faith in Jesus today. Thank you for forgiving me through the blood of Jesus. Thank you for eternal life. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can walk out your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God, we thank you for everything that you did this morning. You're worthy to be praised. We humble ourselves before you today and we're done trying to do this on our own. We rely on your power, the power of the Holy Spirit working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. We want to be your witnesses. We want to be your servants. We want to tell the world about you. So thank you for helping us maintain peace with others. Thank you for helping us choose joy and always stay in prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you for wholeness. We receive it in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer to welcome Jesus into your life for the first time, we want to support you along the journey that's ahead, but we can't support you if we don't know. So we set up an easy way for you to tell us. You simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. And the reason we want your number is so that we can send you a whole lot of spam and stuff and really bug you. Totally joking. We just want to help you. We're not going to send you any spam. We're just going to reach out to you with next steps so that we can help you along that journey. So go ahead and send that text. Don't be shy.
Now, one of the many ways that we make a difference here at No Limits is through our giving. And you guys are a generous church. Like, your generosity blows me away, and it's enabled us to do great things. We've been talking about the last few weeks on what we've been able to do in Mexico and, and through Don't Look Back Prison Ministry. It's just been incredible. And you know what, guys? It's only the beginning. <laughs> so if you're ready to give today or you want to give later this week, you simply head to your browser on your phone, tablet, or computer, type in nolimits.fyi. There you'll find a giving button. You just tap that. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.